just found out. I didn't know. Today's new international version, TINV, is not online. It's only hard copy. So we can manage NIV. But TNIV is better. This guy, are you lying or saying the truth? Is it is this really TNIV or NIV? Answer the question. You see? And you put TNIV on the screen. Alright, let's start. Are you ready now? Colossians chapter 2 from verse 20. Now, listen, listen very carefully. It says, since you died with Christ to the, ele to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why? As though you still belong to the world, do you submit to his rules? Listen very carefully. Next verse. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with us are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship. With their self-imposed worship, their false humility, um, humility and their Go back to 22. When I'm reading, be reading together with me. Because I've not done reading, I've changed the verse. Alright. Now, I'll start again. It says, now, it's talking about the rules. Do not taste, do not touch, do not, do not, do not steal, do not lie. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying these rules, which have to do with things that are destined to perish with us, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom. With their false, with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. He says, but they lack any value in restraining sexual indulgence. Sensual indulgence. What is that 23? He says, okay. That's all. So, what is it? What is it telling you? Paul is telling you that principles, commands, regulations are only a means to self-improvement. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But they don't have power to bring any real change in our lives. He said that these things lack any value in restraining sexual indulgence. That means those who still follow the law, they will still sin more. That's what he basically saying. If you want to keep the law, he's saying you will end up this way. He says, they don't restrain you from sexual indulgence. Thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall, they don't do anything to you. He says, those regulations, they have an appearance of wisdom. You see, so it sounds nice. He says, but they produce what? Self-imposed worship and what again? False humility. It's in your Bible. And then he says, harsh treatment to their body. Some people punish their body by themselves. After Jesus Christ has died for you, you are still punishing your body. Terrible. I said, terrible. Hallelujah, somebody. Galatians chapter 3. Now, somebody, somebody, you may be here saying, well, I know that the Christian is not saved by rules. The Christian is not saved by regulations. But after we are saved, we have to keep the rules. We have to keep the regulations. We have to live by the regulations. Let me tell you what Paul's answer is to you. Galatians chapter 3 from verse 2. Let's see that. Galatians chapter 3 from verse 2. It says, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Listen. Did you receive? 
the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard are you so foolish now Paul is talking to the church like I'm talking now I'm reminding Paul now says all of you guys say, are you so foolish are you so <laughs> if you say that when I say the pastor is insulting me but look at the Bible he said are you so foolish after beginning with the spirit are you not trying to finish by human effort? It's not like, for instance, on Sunday. Now, those of you that receive the Spirit on Sunday, right? For instance, right? When you receive the Holy Ghost, did you receive it by observing the law? Answer. Did you receive it by observing the law? All of you that received the Holy Ghost, did you receive it by observing the Ten Commandments? No. So, if you started with the Spirit, why do you want to go back to observing the law? Paul said you are foolish. That's what he says. He said, you are foolish to do that. He says... When you start with the Spirit, you end with the Spirit. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, hallelujah, somebody. I said, hallelujah, somebody. So, you know, people say, well, you know, we have to live a rule-based principle, a rule-based approach for perfecting ourselves. You know, some, some people say that, you know, we are not perfect, but we are perfecting saints. So, the way to perfect ourselves is by keeping the law, is by doing the principles is by doing the commandment. <laughs> Look at what the Bible has to say to you. Romans chapter 7 verse 12. Now, listen, as I'm saying this, you may think that, well, this pastor does not like the law. No. The law is holy. The law is righteous. The law is good. Let me show you what the Bible says in Romans chapter 7 from verse 12. Romans chapter 7 from verse 12. The Bible says, in fact, he declares, now God talking about the law, he said the law is holy. Everybody say the law is holy righteous and good say the case the law is holy righteous and good romans chapter 7 verse 12 it says so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy righteous and good that's what the scripture says the ten commandment is righteous the ten commandment is good the ten commandment is also holy the bible says all the laws that god gave to humans he says they are holy but here's the problem with the law. The problem with the law is that the law is perfect, but it cannot make you perfect. That's the problem. The problem with the law is that the law does not encourage. The law only will criticize you. Is a, a, a strict teacher. How many of you have met some of these strict teachers before? Just, no matter all the good you are doing, just one mistake, the way they will flog you, eh? you will not believe it. That's how the law is. The law does not look for your good, it looks for your error. The slightest mistake you make, you are doomed. Praise God. I said, Praise God. Romans chapter 5, from verse 17. Now, let me, I'm talking about the law now. Now, because also the law, the law, you know, somebody say, Well, Jesus Christ has abolished the law because he has fulfilled the law. Now, hear the word the Bible says. Hear what Jesus said by himself because the law has not fully gone, the law is still in existence till today. Let me show you. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 17. These scriptures I'm giving to you, write it down. When you get back home, go and do extended study on these scriptures. You will be inspired. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 17. It says, do you think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. I didn't come to abolish them. I came to fulfill it. Are you listening? I said, are you listening? Now look at what Jesus said about the law. He says, truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappears, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen, by, will by any means disappear from the law until 
everything is accomplished. Everybody say amen. What is Jesus telling you? Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law, but the law has not been abolished. He's saying that till today, the law exists. Because he says, until heaven and earth pass away. As it passed away, as it passed away, that means the law exists till today. So, question then is, so of what use, so how did Jesus Christ fulfill the law? Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 14. How did Jesus Christ fulfill the law? Are you ready to see it? Because when you look at the life of Jesus, he, 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 he did many things that were against the law. For instance, the law says, thou shalt keep the Sabbath day what? What did Jesus do? He went about healing the sick on the Sabbath day. Because the Sabbath day was to be a rest day. You know, some people say they are observing Sabbath. I wonder, I wonder if you are already observing Sabbath. Because Sabbath says, Saturday, and listen, Sabbath is not Sunday. Hello? Sabbath is not what? Sabbath is Friday night to Saturday night. So, on Friday, 6 p.m., enter your house, lock your door, stay with your family till Saturday, next day. No work, no business call, no business transaction, no nothing. No going to school. You stay at home. If you come out of your house to do any work, you have broken the law. And if you break that law, you are guilty of all. So Jesus Christ went out on Sabbath day and he went to heal the sick. The Pharisees said, How? Look, at, look at their problem. Their problem was not that the guy was healed. Their problem was, why will he do it on Sabbath day? Why didn't he do it on Thursday? Why not Wednesday or why not Monday or Sunday? Jesus said, what is wrong with you guys? Are you okay with seeing the man's way? He said, which one is your problem? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus frustrated them. So, how did Jesus Christ fulfill the law? Look at it. For he himself is our peace. Say, Jesus is my peace. He says, who has made the two groups one? What two groups? The Jews and the Gentiles. What separated Jews from Gentiles was the law. God only gave the Ten Commandments and the laws to the Jews. The Gentiles were lawless people. Are you following? So, now, Jesus Christ has made the two groups one. He has made both the Jews and the Gentiles one. That's why today, we no longer have Jews and Gentiles in the scripture. We now have believers and unbelievers. Can you say amen? He says, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the divinely wall of hostility, by setting aside in the flesh the law with his commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. That's enough. Praise God. So, there is a usefulness for the Lord today. Tell your neighbor, there's a usefulness for the Lord today. First Timothy chapter 1 from verse 8. So, how do we use the law today? What is the purpose of the law today? Because the law has a purpose, even to this day. And let's see the purpose of the law. Because we have to use the law properly, the Bible tells us. First Timothy chapter 1 from verse 8. It says, we know that the law is good if one use it properly. So, there's a way to misuse the law. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, how do we use the law properly? It says, we also know that the law is not made for the righteous. Say, the law is not made for the righteous. Who is the righteous? Who is the righteous? Who is the righteous? Who knows? Who is the righteous man? Paul, come. We we'll have to deal with this matter seriously. Um, my singer, come. Right. All right, good. 
Now, this is what humans think. This guy, hmm? let me tell you about this guy. This guy, he has never stolen anything in his life. He has never told a lie. Are you listening? This guy, he has never slept with any girl in his life. Are you listening? In fact, with his eyes, he has never lost after any woman before. He's never been angry with anybody in his life. This young man you are seeing like this. What will you say about this man? Huh? Talk to me. Righteous, right? Now you see this guy. The way he used to, he used to cock the thing in his mouth. Eh? In fact, 24-7 his eyes is red. In fact, which day was that? Myself and Kenneth, we went somewhere to inquire about something. So the man, the man is a Christian, by the way. The man looked at Kenneth and said, You, have you been sleeping at all? The Kenneth was laughing. Then I told the man that he has not slept actually today. The man said, ah, you better go and sleep before people think otherwise with where your eyes is red like this. I said, what is it what is the man thinking about? So, so, so now this guy's eyes red. In fact, in a day, he has to sleep with two babes to cool down. Then he drinks every day. He's always a drunkard, in fact. He's always high 24-7. And then the way his trouser is to go down. In fact, you don't even know whether the trouser was made for the for the tie or for the waist. You are confused now. What is about the guy? Tell me what is about the guy. He's a sinner, right? Good. So who is righteous among two of them? This no, this is a righteous man, right? The guy in blue. And Mr. White is what? Mr. Blue is what? Good. Now, this is our mindset. Now look at it now. Listen. Listen very carefully. Now, when Jesus looks at the two of them, from God's standard, from God's perspective, both of them are sinners. Now, we all understand that one because we know no matter how much money this man has given to the poor, no matter how many schools he has built, no matter all the charitable, in fact, if he's even ready to give his boy to die, he will still go to hellfire. Why? Why? Because Jesus Christ is not his Lord. That's why we preach the gospel. To save every man's soul. That is not about your good works. Your good works is nice, yes. But it will not get you to heaven. It will not give you a new life in Christ. Are you listening? So when God looks at this young man, Jesus sees him as a blue, black, 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 black sinner. He looks at this same guy too. Black, black, black sinner. Before God, they are what? They are sinners, right? There's nothing like small sin, medium-sized sin, long sin, or, or, or tanker sin. Nothing like that before God. Nothing like that before God. Both of them are what? Sinners. Okay, so, now, this young man, is there anything this guy can do to not be a sinner? Is there anything he can do that God will tell that he's not a sinner? Who knows? What can he do? Tell me what he can do. No, no, without Jesus. Forget about Jesus. Without Jesus now. Is there anything this young man can do to change his state, his estate from sinner to righteous? Is there anything he can do? Nothing. Are you sure? So there's no fasting this guy can do that will get his salvation. There's no, not even all the goodies he does, he will not be. So why is this guy a sinner then? Why is he a sinner then? You have to understand it. So why do we say this man is a sinner? Because this guy, based on our morality standard, he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's, he's a good boy. He's a, he's a good guy. So why do we say he's still a sinner? 
So why? So why daily is he a sinner? Talk to me. Sin is from creation. So that means I like Mommy's answer. He said he was born in sin. That means it was not any sin he did that made him a sinner. Are you seeing that? When his mother gave birth to him in this world, he was born that way. Are you seeing that? He was born that way. He was born into sin. He was born a sinner. So that means a sinner. <laughs> that means a sinner is not somebody who sinned. A sinner is not somebody who did the wrong thing like this guy that we obtained a sinner. A sinner is a man that is born into this world. So why is he a sinner? He's a sinner because of one man's disobedience. Who is that man? Adam. Adam's disobedience made all of us sinners. Are you, are you following this? Are you following this? So now, this is the reason why Jesus had to come and die. Because there's no way out of this matter. There's nothing this guy can do to change his estate to righteous. So what did Christ come to do? Christ was sinless. He was a righteous man. So he knew what the law states about substitution. Everybody says substitution. Everybody says substitution. Henry come. Now, this is this is um, this is Mr. Jesus now. He came into the world. He was born into the world. And he was doing all his ministry. So one day, he decided to die for the whole world. Are you listening? Now, remember, if, uh, come by there. Now, look at this now. Let's suppose that this guy committed an offense. Are you listening? Let's suppose he committed an offense. And he was supposed to be punished for that offense. Are you following? So, this man said no. I will take his place and take his punishment. Punish me in his place. What does that mean? If you do that, well, that's, that's what, so that means they are exchanging their position. So now, move. Move here. Move here. Now, who is going to be punished among two of them now? Him, right? Will this guy be punished? Talk to me. Are you sure? Will he be punished? Why won't he be punished? Somebody has taken his place. Good. Now this is what Jesus did. When Jesus was on the cross of Calvary, God took all of your sin. God took all of our sin and laid it on his son's body. Before you were born, he took your sin. God went into time, present, past, future. Took every human sin and put it on his son. That was the reason why Jesus said, my father, my father. He says, why have you forsaken me? For the first time in his life, his father left him. Because God cannot be old sin. The Bible says, God is righteous, he cannot look at sin. The Bible says, God turned his back on his son. And his son must be punished for that sin. So what did God do? The Bible says that man, man first, they wipe him. They wipe him. After they wipe him, God himself also wiped him. As the after the read it very well. After he was smitten of God, smitten of men. Now Jesus Christ paid with his own blood. Now that he has died, now that he is dead, what does that tell about this man now? He's what? He's free, right? So they've exchanged their position. So when God looks at this guy, what does he see now? Righteous man. When you look at this guy, what does he see? Okay. When he looks at this guy, what does he see? Okay, good. Question two now. 
is there anything now this guy can do to change his position from righteous man to sinner? You said nothing. Are you sure? You said impossible. Why is it impossible? Because somebody has taken his place. Now, here's the problem with Christianity today. The problem with Christianity is that now that the man is righteous, the man can do something wrong to become a sinner. Now, when you say that, when you accept that theology, what you are saying is that Adam's work is greater than the work of Jesus Christ. Because when Adam disobeyed God, the whole humanity race were sinners. But this Jesus now, without us doing anything right, he made us righteous by taking our place. So now that he has taken our place, I will not do something wrong. You know, I'm a sinner. That means Adam's work is stronger than the work of Jesus. But when you read your scriptures in the book of Romans, the Bible says that the work of Jesus Christ was much more than Adam's. Much more. That's what much more. Greater. Much more. Telling you that what Adam did is inferior to what Christ has done. Are you following what I'm saying? Jesus' work is better than the work of Adam. The same problem has been dealt with. The same problem has been settled. Why? Because Jesus Christ paid with his own blood. This is the introduction of Gospel 101. Many have never read it in their life. They never read it in their life. So, it's called... Now, how many of you are into law? Anybody here is into a lawyer? Good. Have you heard about the law of double jeopardy? Come, come sir, come. Here's the mic. You will explain. Lawyer now, you explain. Because God is also a lawyer. Everybody say God is a lawyer. Oh, yeah, explain. What's the law of double jeopardy? Explain. Is the mic on? Hi. The mic is on now. Why is no mic on? Go one, two. Okay, he's working now. Um, the law of jeopardy is what? Okay, where a man has been convicted uh -huh. of uh, an offense. Yes. And then has been tried and convicted yes. of an offense. Uh -huh. And then another case again have been this thing, uh, sued against on him concerning the such same case. Yeah, the same offense he has yes. been convicted. So that means it's a job uh, jeopardy. He cannot be tried and convicted twice. Cover, yeah. Yes. So, thank you. You got it right. That's what I wanted to find out. Now, I don't know if you understand what is in the court of law, if all his offense, all the offense he has done, came to the court and the judge judged him, passed the verdict, if you bring similar case of the same things he has done before, they will not try him again. For them to try him is against the law. This is the human system law now. What do you think about God? You think God is any different? When Christ has already paid for your sin, you cannot pay again. You cannot pay again. To pay for your sin again is to say is to is for God to be unjust. That's what it means. God is unjust and unrighteous because Christ has already paid for my sin. Say Christ has paid for my sin. I'm telling you, say Christ has paid for my sin. You see, when you have this revelation, your love for God will grow on immeasurable. I'm telling you, because the reason why many don't actually have an intimate 
relationship with Jesus Christ is because you don't know how much they are forgiving. They don't know the judgment that has been passed on them. That Christ has taken, Christ was my punishment. The Bible says he was the mercy seat. He's my punishment. He took our sin and paid with his own blood. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that him who knew no sin became sin for us. So Jesus Christ didn't just carry our sin. He was sin. When he says sin, Jesus was sin. The Bible says he took our sin so that we might take his righteousness. So what is called what? Say substitution. Say substitution. Exchange. I take your place, you take my place. Hallelujah. Say I'm righteous. Say I'm righteous. Say I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it again. Lift your right hand and say it. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you are born again in this place, say, I'm no more, no more a sinner. Say, I'm righteous. Now, you don't get righteous until you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if you are here today, you have not done that, today is your day, you must do that. Because that's the only way to change your state. Because you are born that way. You don't need one sin to be a sinner. You are born sinner. And there's nothing you can do to change that state until you receive Christ into your life. That's why we preach the gospel. So we understand this first part, but this second part is problem. Now we think that we can do something to change our position. Ah, the Bible calls us that first we were prisoners of sin. Imagine the guy inside prison. What can he do to bring himself out of prison? Nothing. Now that we are righteous, we are in prisoners of righteousness. Hallelujah, somebody. We are prisoners of righteousness. We are inside it. We don't go out. And listen, listen. The reason why a sinner sins is because of what? One man's what? Disobedience. One man's obedience made him a sinner. And that's why he sins. Are you listening? So he sins because he is a sinner. He is a sinner because of one man's disobedience. Now, he's the righteous guy, right? Now, this man is righteous not because he did the right thing. He is righteous because of what? One man's obedience. Who is that? Now, he does the right things because he is what? He does the right thing because he's what? Listen very carefully. The reason why you steal is because you are already a thief. You don't steal to become a thief. You stole because you are a thief already. Are you listening? So it's because of your nature. For instance, imagine if you see a goat barking. What, what, what are you going to do? You will run for your life. <laughs> because it is not in the nature of a goat to bark. Goat is meh. You just see goat in your compound. Do you? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> or, or, or you see that dog in your area doing meh, meh. Say something, wait, am I, something is wrong. You know it's abnormal. It's abnormal. So now that a Christian is righteous, it is normal for him to do right. It's normal. It's not a struggle anymore. Even the struggle is because he doesn't know who he is. That he's a dog that knows how to bark. It's his nature now to do right. But for the sinner, it's his nature to sin. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you so much. Put your hands together for them. Sit down. Let's move on. All right. First Timothy chapter 1 from verse 8. Let's go back to our scripture. Oh, our time is going. We have never moved anywhere. You have on the screen now. First Timothy 1 verse 8. It says, We know, I, I, I spent all that time to explain who the righteous is. Can you imagine that? Alright. Now it says the law is not made for who? The law is not made for who? 
Talk to me now. The law is not made for who? So who is the righteous now? Say me, right? So the law is not made for? The law is not made for? So who is it made for? Lawbreakers, rebels, ungodly, sinful, unholy, irreligious, those who kill their father and mother and mothers. So the law is made for the sinner. The reason why we need the law today is to bring sinners to Christ. We tell them of their sin. We tell them how holy they are. We tell them how ungodly and sinful they are so that they can come to Christ. That's the purpose of the law today. The Bible says, if it is properly used. So we use the law to let human beings know that there's nothing they can do to come to Christ. Because there are some people, they feel like, why do they need Jesus Christ when they are already morally good? So we use the law to tell you, you are not. You are an offender. You need Christ in your life. Hallelujah, somebody. Put your hands together for Jesus. Glory to God. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter in us. So what does that say? Where's my righteous guy again? No, Friday come. Yeah, the one I used. So this is my righteous guy. Where's my Jesus again, Mr. Jesus? Come here. So when Mr. Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled all the requirements of the law. Are you listening? But when he did the fulfillment, he gave this guy the certificate. So he has a certificate. So when the Lord comes and says, Do you fulfill the requirement? Certificate. So let me explain to you that you understand now. Now imagine this guy went to university. Hello, are you following? He went to university, got BSc in chemistry. After he got it, he put it in his name, Friday. The book, the school has Friday, everything is Friday there. And he gave me certificates. Now, if he carries that document to court, who did the degree? Friday, right? Because everything connects to him. Somebody said that's unfair, right? Illegal, right? It's illegal, right? Okay, now let me tell you the illegal part in the first place. Why will you tell I'm a sinner when I don't do anything wrong? It's not illegal. I'm being punished for what I did not do. Adam disobeyed God. Why God punish me for what I did not do? Why would he send me to hell because of one man's? Is that not unfair? Is it not unfair? Talk to me, it's not unfair. It's unfair. Imagine somebody is beating you for another person's problem. Headache. They are flogging you. You say that person is unfair. So in God's divine unfairness, he did the opposite also. By giving us righteousness without ever doing anything right. That's what he did. So, because the devil will say, God, unfair, unfair. Why will you say he's righteous without doing anything wrong? God will say, devil, when he was a sinner, did he do anything wrong in the first place? Devil shut up. So, equation balanced in the spirit. Can you say amen, somebody? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Jesus Christ met all the requirements on the law in who? In us. Say, all the requirements of the law are fulfilled in me. And it says, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Say, I live according to the spirit. You. Say, I live according to the spirit. See, I don't live according to the flesh. What is flesh? Flesh is not this body. Even, even though it's part of your body, but it's not the body. It's what I think of flesh meat. Flesh is your desire. Are you seeing that? Your feelings. Are you following? What you see, they, they are being controlled by your five senses. What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, what you feel. These are the Bible calls it sensual passions. 
They are part of your system. That's living according to the flesh. When you live according to the spirit, it's against the flesh. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, praise God, somebody. So God did something in the past and fully met the... Your righteousness, listen, is greater than all the Pharisees put together. Your righteousness is greater than that of David. Your righteousness is greater than that of Elijah. Why? Because the righteousness that you have is the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, hallelujah, somebody. Are you excited about that? Say, my righteousness is Jesus righteousness so if you are wishing to be like David sorry for you I prefer this one now in fact David wished he was not this that's what the Bible says the Bible says he wished he was not this some people are wishing to be in David's days but David was wishing he was born in fact Abraham was looking for this day Hallelujah. the Bible says he was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God and now we are becoming that we are now in that city and our builder and maker is God Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. How many of you have watched these mafia movies? Mafia, these mafia movies. So imagine one mafia movie. The son disappointed the father. And the father came to and the son came to the father. And the father said, From this day, you are no more my son. I disown you. I know those mafia when they say that they mean it. They cut off inheritance, cut off everything. And the guy get out. So there was, because they are called dons. You ever watch mafia movies? They are called dons. Say don. So now, imagine Don Law. Don Law came to you and condemned you, criticized you, fire you, finish. You are living under Don Law's roof, you are tired. Now, what did Christ do? Christ also did what the mafia would do to his son. He also disowned you. He said, I the, 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 the man would say, You are dead to me. You are dead to me. As many have been told you before, that means person doesn't mean you are alive. You are dead. Praise God. Now let's see what happened to us in the scripture. Romans, Galatians chapter 2, verse 19. Galatians chapter 2, verse 19. Everybody read, want to go. Everybody read, want to go. So what did God do? God ensured that we tied to the law so that we can be born into a new family. And this new family will live for God. Say, I live for God. The old family where I was in before was under Don Law's house. In Don Law's house, the Bible says he made me to die so that Don Law cannot condemn me anymore. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. Imagine, imagine if you are driving your car, right? And then as you are driving your car, you saw somebody lying down on the floor, bleeding. So, you stopped your car, went to meet that man who is bleeding on the floor. But then when you touch his pulse, you notice that the pulse are gone. Are you following? Then because you are experiencing some medical science and all that, you notice that the way, the reason that why this guy died like this is maybe because of Paul hitting a bit or he's drinking too much alcohol. You know, you have an answer of this. So, you, 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 
And the guy is dead. Are you following? He's dead. So because you are a medical person, you now went to your car. You went to go and carry your book. Book on dieting. You now carry the book. You open chapter one. Chapter one, health and health and eating right. You start to read everything to the dead man. Are you listening? You read, you are laughing. You read everything to the dead man. When you finish chapter one, chapter two, you read everything. Brothers and sisters. we ask questions like why do bad things happen to good people? It's because they don't know the gospel yet. They don't know the gospel. The gospel is not bad people and good people. Jesus Christ did not come to die for bad people. Hello somebody? He didn't come to die for bad people because you think you are good. Jesus said there's no good except God. That's what Jesus said. So everybody is bad but it's not even about bad things. Is that everybody is dead? Ah. Imagine if you went to the mortuary and they told you this guy just died four seconds ago. This one died four hours ago. This one died four months ago. Then I ask you, which one is more dead? <laughs> there are no decrees of deadness. Are you following somebody? There are no decrees of deadness. You are dead, you are dead. That's the reason why. Look at what the Bible says. In, 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 um, look at what the Bible says. If you read Ephesians, Colossians, the same story, it says, Christ it says, You, you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. He said, But now you are made alive. Jesus Christ came to make dead people live. Can you say amen, somebody? This is the reason why, when you come into Christ, you receive life. Life. Listen, what made what caused the sin in the world today? Who remembers? What caused sin in the world today? Remember the story? A woman ate a fruit. After she ate the fruit, everything scattered. You may want to blame her and say, ah, why did you do something so evil? Remember, Eve did not, she did not do anything evil. Eve was not trying to do something evil. Listen very carefully. She was trying to do something good. She wanted to know how to do good and avoid evil. Because remember, she did not eat from the tree of evil. She ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Are you following? Because God says, don't touch this tree. Every other thing eats, but this one don't touch. But she wanted, because, let me tell you the kindness of, of Satan. Satan deceived them. He said, you know something? You know, this thing, eh? God didn't say, because the instruction was, God said, don't eat. Adam told the wife, God said, don't touch. It's in your Bible. He told the wife, see how we should pass information. Like that, if I tell you something now, if it gets to that guy here, I'll hear something different. I'll tell you the truth. I don't have time, that's why I've done it practical. You hear, I will tell you one thing now. You hear, this guy will say something here every day. Because information is passing. People are adding salt, pepper, maggi. Remove. Dilute everything. That is to spread rumor. Is that rumor is to happen? So, Adam told the wife, God said, don't eat. So, the devil came and said to her, did God say you should not touch? If you touch, nothing will happen to you. So, the woman was, I've touched it. Ah, nothing happened. So, my husband says, don't touch. But God didn't say, don't touch. Well, you can touch, but don't eat. 
there's a difference between touching and eating. Am I, I, I making sense here? There's a difference. So the old man said, don't eat. And don't touch. God said, don't eat. So she touched. Then the devil said, you know what? If you eat this fruit, say you will be like God. Why? Why does she want to be like God? Because God knows evil and God knows good. She wanted to know because at Eve's time, she has not seen any sin that you say that she sinned. She cannot sin because she has not seen an example of sin. So there was no sin at that time. So if she didn't want to sin, she wanted to have the knowledge of good and avoid evil. It's the same thing we do today. The same thing. We want to have the knowledge of good and evil. And that's not God's way. We don't trust God's way enough to live by the Spirit. We can't live by the Spirit. We want to live by regulations. We want to live by laws. But can't you trust the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah, somebody. We can trust the Holy Spirit because that's what God wanted. The Bible says that every day God will come to them and with, a, with his voice walking in the garden. God didn't come in human form. It's his voice that was walking with them. Because as they were talking, God's voice was walking in the garden, the Bible says. But that was not enough. They wanted to know the knowledge of good and evil. And that's what destroyed everything. That's what scattered everything. Why? Because human beings want to live by regulations. They want to live by laws. They cannot trust the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that if you live by the Spirit, you are no longer under the law. Hallelujah, somebody. When you live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit becomes your guide. He becomes your teacher. He tells you what to do. He tells you where to go. Glory to God. He, 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 he gives you the, the information of what to do per second. That's why when it comes to the Christian life, developing an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit is very important. Very important. Because what is seen to you may not be seen to, to, to me. I will explain to you, in the scripture, God told one man, he said, don't cut your hair. Don't cut your hair. That was the instruction given to him from birth. Don't touch this hair with razor. Remember who, who was that? Good. Very good. Now, if you cut your hair, will God do anything to you? Why? Because you are what? Talk to me now. Why? If I cut my way, will God, will God accuse me? Why? He didn't tell me anything like that. So that means it's not sin, right? But if something cuts his hair, is it sin or not? Why is it sin? Good. So what is sin then? Sin is whatever God says it is. Not what you say it is. Are you following? So if God says from go to Jamaica and say, ah, Jamaica Lagos is better you went to Lagos based on human standard, you just changed location but God says this man is a sinner he has sinned, because God's instruction was go to Jamaica, he went to Lagos <laughs> hallelujah somebody, I said hallelujah somebody, praise God forevermore, so in Christ we died and we are reborn, we are freed from the Lord so we don't pretend anymore. In fact, playing church will lead to more sin every time. Every time you are being a hypocrite, you will lead to more sin. And Jesus hates hypocrites. Bible says hypocrites love to pray. In fact, the first I said, ah, hypocrites love to pray. He didn't say, he said they love to pray. That's what Jesus said. Hypocrites. You see people praying, praying, shagabah, they are hypocrites. And Jesus does not like hypocrites. He wants people real as they are. And in Christ, we have come to realness. We don't pretend anymore in Christ. We live as who we are in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen somebody? Can you say amen somebody? Look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. Genesis 3 5. 
Bible says, and when they ate, and the, the serpent was telling them that when you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. <laughs> that's what the that was said and told them. That was said and told them. And that's how we deceive them and lay them the wrong way. But if you're going to have real and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, you must live by the Spirit. That's the reason why when you receive the Holy Spirit into your life, from that day, you live by the Spirit, you walk by the Spirit, and you end up by the Spirit. If you didn't receive the Holy Ghost through the workings of the Lord anymore, you live by the Spirit. Can you say amen? Say, I am not under the law. Hold on. How were you saved? Were you saved by the law or were you saved by the Spirit? Talk to me. How were you saved? Were you saved by the law or were you saved by the Spirit? Okay, now, how do you live your Christian life? Do you live it by observing the law or live according to the Spirit? Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit say these ones are the sons of God. Hallelujah. This is they that are led by the law. They that are led by the Spirit. Because it's against this law and spirit. Law and spirit. Flesh and spirit. Law and spirit. Flesh and spirit. If you are going to live by the flesh, you live by the law. If you are going to live by the spirit, you live newness of life. The Bible says that they that are spiritually minded say life and peace is theirs. But they that are carnally minded says death is their portion. Every time you touch the Lord, death it will produce. Death. And the Bible says, cursed is anyone that is under the law. Cursed are you. If you want to keep the law, you are cursed, the Bible says. But if you live by the Spirit, the Bible says, great you in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen, somebody? Now, the problem is that we don't trust grace. What is grace? If you ask many people what grace is, they just think that grace is when somebody has sinned. Listen, when somebody has sinned, then grace will come and cover the sin. Is that why we think grace is? So that's not grace. Grace is more than that. Grace is not treatment for sin. Grace is the cure for sin. Are you following? Because when grace came, there was no sin. Grace is what empowers us to say no to sin. The Bible says. Bible says that grace will teach you to say no to ungodliness. So when I teach the grace of God, that grace, which is the Holy Ghost, will tell you to say no to ungodliness. Will tell you to say no to the wrong things. Because the Spirit now is the one, your, is, is now your GPS. You know GPS? In GPS, there's nothing like wrong direction. If you miss the way, it will lead you another way again. Have you ever used GPS before? If you miss the, the right turn, it will tell you go straight, go and turn, come back and move. There's no wrong direction with GPS. The Holy Ghost is my GPS. When you miss the way, no problem. You will follow a longer route. Remember, the children of Israel, they were supposed to only journey for 40 days. But 40 days journey led to 40 years journey. <laughs> I'm telling you, imagine imagine you drive your car. 40 days journey. 40 days journey led to 40 years journey. That's what happened to them. But they still got their destination. Imagine. So you wonder what took them 40 years what took them? You know what happened to them? When they got to Mount Sinai, everything scattered. I showed you last week Sunday, right? Where they said that we can do everything God said we can do. God said, okay, no wala. Take ten commandments. That first day, Bible says 3,000 people were, were roasted. On the day one, 3,000 roasted. But when the Spirit came, in the book of Acts, Bible says 3,000 were saved the first day. Which one is better? The law or the spirit? Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. He 
about what Christ has done for you. It will keep you humble. And your heart will be just so glad for what he has done for you. Can you say amen somebody? Remember, God loves you. Say God loves me. Say God loves me. This is not some joke. It's a serious thing. God loves me. Irrespective of who I am. The Bible says that God showed his love towards us. That while we are yet seen, as says Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus Christ did not die for Christians. He died for the ungodly. Can you say amen? And who is the ungodly? Any man that has not put his faith in Christ. God says you are ungodly. If you're here today and you have not put your faith in the wonderful name Jesus Christ, today is your day. Wherever you are, I want you to place your hand on your chest, wherever you are, and we'll pray together right now. Because the Bible says that it's only by the name of Jesus that man shall be saved only by that name not by any other way but by that way if you put your hand in your chair just step forward and meet me here quickly together. Say in the name of Jesus, I receive eternal life. Say all my sins, past, present, and future are forgiven. Say I believe that Jesus died for me, was buried for me, and he rose from the dead because of me. Today I declare and declare that I'm a child of God, and I'm born again. And from this day, I have newness of life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I have eternal life. I have Zoe life. Say, I have life. In the name of Jesus. Receive life in Jesus' name. Receive life. Receive life. Back over the digger. Receive life. Receive life. Receive life. Receive life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody rejoice. Go back to your seat. Leslie, follow them. Follow this young man. He will take you. 
quickly. Three of you, just follow him quickly. Follow that man for that bad day. Everyone, lift your hands everywhere. Lift your hands everywhere. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive the Holy Ghost? If you're here today and you have not received the Holy Spirit, today is your day. Can you say amen? And wherever you are, you can receive the Spirit. Wherever you are, you're standing right now. You can receive the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is everywhere here. Even now. Lift up your hands if you want to receive the Holy Spirit. Say in the name of Jesus. Say, Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I receive him now into every fiber of my being, into every bone of my body. I'll receive him in fullness in the name of Jesus. And say, I will speak with tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Right now, in the name of Jesus, wherever you are, receive you the Holy Ghost. Open your mouth and speak in tongues now. Receive you the Holy Ghost. 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 Zobra Receive you the Holy Ghost. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Masobra Akratila. Lava Basote. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost now in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and speak it all wherever you are. Release, release yourself, release yourself in the spirit. Release yourself in the spirit. Hallelujah! 
with excitement. I want you to jump those hands for Jesus. I want you to celebrate Jesus. Who made it possible for you to be here today? Who made it possible for you to breathe today? Who made it possible for you to put a smile on your face? Now put your hands together for Jesus once again.